Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quite good, this, even though we're just listing refereeing <laughs> howlers. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty Minute Tim's flagship episode three hundred and two. I'm your host Jamie, and joined as always by Stephen. Happy Easter, guys! Uh, no, it's not. And Melly. <laughs> yes. It's a uh, Stephen. You put out the request. Don't ruin episode three hundred, um, because that was the episode that we were going to record immediately after playing Rangers at Ibrox. You didn't want Ange and the team to ruin episode three hundred. Correct. Have they ruined episode three hundred and two though? They have. They have. It's entirely mm. on them. Their responsibility. That's that ruined the day yeah. of laughter, Easter holiday Monday. <laughs> you were supposed to be Melly sitting here enjoying ourselves, slightly hungover from chocolate, but it, we're kind of hungover from the game and hungover from a disappointing performance and result, aren't we? Yeah, it's a strange one because we've been so dominant at Hamden and winning games. I, I was going to the game yesterday, like worried about the game because I thought it'd be quite an even game, but at the same time. Not expecting Celtic to win, but not remembering that feeling of what it's like when you do lose at Hamden and have that after-match walk-home nonsense, mm. and you're just like, ah, fuck, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've felt this, and it's quite hard to take. Last time, Stephen, I was that disappointed at Hamden was uh, when Neil Lennon was given the permanent job. That's the last time Hamden brought such disappointment for me, but... Yesterday's game for me was disappointing in a, in, a, in a way that I've not felt disappointed for a long time. Right off the bat, I thought it was a poor game of football. Oh, I, yeah, I thought yeah. there was no quality on show really whatsoever from any side. I thought it was a poor game of football. But for the first time in a long time under Ange, I was, I was really, really disappointed with our approach to the game. We just never got a handle on it. We never imposed our style on Rangers. We never played our game. No, I, I think it was garbage. I, I'm going to be totally right. honest up front. I thought it was terrible. From Celtic, I, th- I mean, it sounds like Sir Greg's... Uh, Sir, Sir Greg, mm. definitely. Mm. Did you say some more breaks? That's what I meant, Sir Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> um, Right. Definitely meant that. So don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Sir Grex to um, to <laughs> sit here and yeah, to sit here and say that the game was bad. Right, it was right, but uh, the Celtic were garbage. They're absolutely terrible. There, I've since seen it back, and I honestly can't. I can't really think of any real passages of play or sustained periods mm. of control that Celtic had in the game, and it was very, very uncharacteristic. Now I'm left thinking that. Ultimately, we maybe get carried away at times as fans, and I'm not going to apologise for that because that's what it's like to be a football fan. Aye. But I think that my main takeaway from that game is that there's very, very little between these two teams, and I think we're constantly on 
a bit of a bit of a kind of razor's edge with it. It could go either way in any one of these games. Now Celtic took them to Celtic Park recently and absolutely gubbed them, but that was it's kind of an outlier in the last few yeah. years. Most of the games have been pretty close, including the most recent one at Ibrox as well. This didn't go our way, and Celtic, quite frankly, didn't turn up. I think there were very, very few individual good performances, but I'm left thinking, now nah, we, we just didn't deserve to win that game, to be honest. I think, uh, I'm going to just dig Stephen up on a point there, Melly, to say Celtic didn't turn up. I really hate to say this, I genuinely hate to say this, but I think they didn't turn up because I think Rangers did a good job in our key players. Well, yeah. yeah, I think so. Rangers have been poor against us in the last two games, and they've they've obviously... They've sort of remedied that. They've went and done something about it. Because when you look at the game recently, we we spoke about it last week. Like, and now when you're going out, we've played them four times this season. Mm. They've won two. We've won two. And I think we're kind of for for kind of forgetting like how far Celtic have come this season. Yes, that all goes about same. But as we've talked about last week, we're not going to go and smash them three times in a month, are we? Yeah. That, that's very unrealistic considering yeah. we're six points ahead in the league, we're doing better than them in the league, but they're in, a, they're in a semi-final of Europe and no matter how you dress that up, that is a good achievement. Bad teams, I can't remember any crap teams that have got to that stage, so they must be decent at what they do. Mm. So they are, the two teams are close and look, we lost a game, but we didn't deserve to win the game and what Stephen's saying right, it was poor from Celtic. But at the same time, you have to look at it and go, look, Celtic didn't turn up, but teams just don't turn up. There's reasons for yeah. that. And Celtic, well, they didn't play their best. Rangers did stifle Celtic a, a bit and Celtic could have done some things better to do that. But Celtic were passive. They were a bit lethargic. They were too slow in getting the ball moving quickly. And when you've seen Rangers winning goal, they got that because they moved the ball quickly and Celtic weren't in a proper shape. Celtic didn't do that to Rangers at all, really, apart from the goal Celtic got, because that was a quick move where Rangers weren't ready. So when we've seen that Rangers played 120 minutes during the week, that should have been Celtic going, right, go at them fast from the start. Don't give them a second to get back into shape. Don't give them a second to think, because concentration will go, legs will go, but Celtic couldn't get it going. And again, I'm looking at it and going, right, why is that? Rangers pressed Celtic well when Celtic were building out from the back. Again, I'm looking at it and going, one of the players I think can get past marks is Cal McGregor, but then I look to the two central midfielders. So when Celtic get the ball from defence into midfield, Rogic and the Tati were two of the poorer players mm. because when you want Cal McGregor to get the ball, you want them to give it to them so they can give it to their wide players and the front players, while I don't think any of them done well, they were starved of any any sort of chances, any any supply. And I'm looking at the two central midfielders and going, Tom Rogic was so influential in the game against Ibrooks recently. Yeah. He didn't have that in the Hattati. I don't think it's a good game as well and it really cost him. Do, do you agree with Melly's summation there, Stephen? Yeah, I do. I, I think the, there were many <clears throat> the fundamental systematic problems that, that Celtic faced in that. One of them that I was reminded of when Melly was talking there was Tom Rogic wasn't given a second on the ball no. the entire time. I don't, I mean, a second is generous. It's probably less than that. I don't think he had any influence over the game whatsoever. And it's because he wasn't allowed any space or any time on that that turn that we That's all know it, that yeah. Rogic is that, that ability to take the ball and turn and operate in tight spaces. He, he wasn't given the opportunity to do that whatsoever. And he is our main creative outlet in that team. Atati. Of the many, I've had a few issues with Hattati recently. It's been a bit of a roller coaster yeah. for Hattati, hasn't it? I've had issues with him recently, but to be honest, having seen the game back, he is one of the. I mean, I'm not really that bored with his mm. contribution in it. I think he played like we know he, he generally plays now, quite erratic, quite poor in the past, but I don't think he was that bad. 
I think it would, it would just didn't just didn't make use of anyone's strengths in that game no, at all. And Tom Rogic just was completely ineffective. I think when you look to the, this game and when you say it's a, a poor game, I thought it was as well. I thought both teams, there wasn't... Two ma- shots on target, either side got the whole game. Mm, there right. wasn't many chances created. There wasn't many bits of play where I could think Celtic or Rangers ripped each other apart. It was chances were created by quick balls into the box and that sort of thing. But when you look at it and go, who were the best performers and you... Or Rangers, I'd probably say Lundstrom was the best player and Bassey and they're just looking at it going, the best players were the, the physical players because yeah. there was no no real football, no real quality. And I think with the way Celtic play and the way Ange wants to play his football, I think we've got good players for that. But when Giacomacchus came out of the team and you take that one bit of physicality out with the two centre-halves, I think it really tells for Celtic because... That's a different option going forward, but just John Lundstrom in that midfield. Well, Cal McGregor is great at what he does. He's the only one that was sort of putting in tackles there, and I think in these type of games, sometimes you need that in Celtic. I think it's the really only flaw really now is we lack that in certain positions. Now, I'm not talking about going out and just buying big players or physical players, but when we are looking in the summer to the sort of profile of players we get, so I'd say we need, need maybe a wide player, a left-back and maybe another central midfielder. The left-back and central midfielder, I would like to be quite I mean, of a Rangers tall build got, and physical. Rangers have got a couple of units in their team, don't they? Yeah. I mean, Lundstrom's a bit of a unit. Aribo, Bassey, Goldson, they're all big, strong players and especially midfield. That game sort of played out for me with the way I thought the Ibrox game would play it, to be honest. And I said that I thought midfield battle, I thought John Lundstrom, Lundstrom would come into his zone there. But I think a lot of our players... As you said, Stephen, like Tom Rogic was taken out of the game by Bassey, wasn't he allowed to get on the turn and start feeding players in. But see, when we did get the ball to the likes of Abada, when we did get the ball to the likes of Jota, Jota in particular, I just I, he was like a man doing sometimes for me. I think he started quite well. I think Celtic in general started mm. quite well. But I'm again, I'm I'm kind of forcing that. I'm really talking about the first six minutes. Maybe he got down the, <laughs> yeah. the sides and got a couple of crosses in. Jota had a header that was just over the bar. And really, I'm being very, very generous. Six minutes is a long time, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it was during that game. <laughs> uh, but uh, nah, Jota was, again, I don't, I don't think it was that bad. There was one where he, he won a, an important tackle towards the end and got Celtic a so-called chance. And mm. I'm doing <laughs> big air quotes uh, in that Neil Lennon style there. But other than that, we didn't get any creativity out of these guys whatsoever. Abada was kind of lost in that game. Right. He's, like, Abada's... It's a conversation we've had so many times. He's been very, very effective this season. But I think at times he he looks like a still a very, very limited footballer on the wing. I think he's a, a really good finisher. Mm. But when he's not scoring goals, he doesn't really have a... He's yeah, not a creator, is he? He has got assists as well. But that's, that's... It was really hard to explain this. That What I'm reminded of with Abada creating a goal was the one in Europe where he picked up a loose pass and drove forward a wee bit, gave it to Kyogo and he scored. Yeah, It's not... It's not like he swings in crosses no. or anything like that. So it's Abada doesn't play well if Jota doesn't play well. Right, right, yeah. Because no. if, if nobody's creating chances for Abada, he's not going to fashion one out for himself. Mm. Because you've seen him when he he got the ball a lot of the time and was swayed up to his fullback, but he never took him on. Yeah, he's not no. that type of wide player, is he? So if he's not going to do that, then he needs to be the guy getting in on the end of things like he did against Rangers at Celtic Park. But apart from that... But this is the thing, and I don't want to cut you off too much, but this is why I sort of singled Jota out there because we know what to expect. We are bad, we know that's his limitations. We know what he was probably going to bring to the game on that side. And I think if everyone had their first choice, he probably wouldn't have started. We'd have had Yakimakis and Mayed up there. But Jota as well, 
You never, I, I can't remember him really challenging Tav at any point. Well, his day was summed up quite early on when he had that wild shot for oh, about mm. 35 yards or something. There was a couple of them in the first half. It was Juranovic had one as well, just shooting for miles away. You're never, ever going to score for that distance. That looks desperate already mm. in this game. See if you're taking wild shots for 30, 35 yards. And many times they would talk about that last season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. occasionally one in a hundred of those will go in and it looks absolutely amazing. But the rest of the time you look as if you're just surrendering the ball for no reason. And that's the thing, see, with Rangers having played the 120 minutes during the week. This is where you Celtic didn't make the right decisions when they got into that final third at that point. Go drive towards a man, commit him, and then play it out wide and try and get the overloads. Celtic didn't get the overloads in wide positions with the midfielder, fullback, and winger. Not once there was no fullback going beyond, winger going inside, or winger going on the outside. There was no getting to the byline and cutting anything back. Yeah. And with the front three we had, we're not going to be whipping high crosses in to score goals like yeah. that. So what you need to do is play it low. But just can't remember us creating anything of that. There was so many times we would get in a position and you're like, right, drive and then play it out wide. And like those long shots, Rangers should be tired. There should be tired legs out there, mm. but we never committed them. We never made them forced any errors. We never made them have to think on their feet. And it just showed us how it looked lethargic and passive from Celtic. It was very uncharacteristic, wasn't it? It yeah, was uncharacteristic it was. for an Ange Postacoglu team. The the mistakes, forcing them into mistakes did happen again in this mythical six minutes I'm mm. talking about right <laughs> at the start. Maeda did force a couple of errors and he actually yeah. looked really up for it at the start. He chased down the keeper a couple of times. There was that one where mm. McLaughlin took it ball his feet and put it out for a corner. Mm -hmm. um, there was that and he was chasing people down. Bassey was another one. He chased Bassey down and forced him into an error. And that was it. Didn't really capitalise on that. Didn't keep up that intensity and see what they've got. Because as much as I think maybe having looked at that and looked at the difference between the two teams, I'm, I wonder if things or we make too much of the fact that they played an extra game during the week and we had people kept saying we've had seven days rest. They're not resting for seven days. You're still training and all that. Seven days preparation. Seven days yeah. preparation is a better way to put it. But yeah, yeah, they played a game and went to extra time during the week, but. I can't help but wonder if we maybe just hang our hat on that things like that too much. Does it make a difference? I'm sure it does. Yeah. But we see with modern football, it's all about recovery, like science, like science-based recovery and you know, I, I, psychology I and all that. Will it make a difference? But I don't think we can bank on players being absolutely shattered. Yeah, you're talking about fractions ago. here though. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah that's it, exactly. I, I, think I, think if you, if I think if you win the game during the week, it's completely different to a loss. If Rangers had to went out, a season would have been pretty much dead. That's why I'm talking about psychology. Then, so yeah. the fact that they got through, they've got a semi-final in the Europa League to look forward to. There's not a player on that pitch that won't be thinking here. If I perform at the weekend, I'll I'll be in the team for this Europa League semi-final. So it's those fine margins where, as fans, as players, as management, if you lose a game, it can be quite lethargic going into the next game. But if if you're on a high and you've got that to look forward yeah. to, it completely changes the complexion. But Ange did say before the game, he was asked, you know, you've got this seven days, is that an advantage? Because only if you use it, only yeah. if you use it correctly to, to prepare. And we've seen Euro hangovers before and we've seen, yeah. the, as you say, the extra time and the, the late flights and all that. And all these things obviously did factor in the Rangers game there. But as you say, it's all very incremental, yeah, the, yeah. The, the benefit that you're going to get for this, this midweek game. But that being said, if you took a neutral and asked them what team played midweek, I reckon the majority of people without knowing would have said Celtic because we looked leggier, we looked more tired. When we went when it went 1-1, we looked less likely to get the win and you're looking at us going, aye, Celtic must have had a tough away trip midweek. We made subs. We made subs that looked in worse condition than anyone who had played not only yep. 120 minutes during the week, but a further 120 minutes or 100 minutes at that point aye. at the weekend there as well. So 
Celtic did look in worse condition in the subs that Celtic made. With the exception of maybe O'Reilly, I know, Melly, you dis- disagree slightly on that. I thought you you said he was he was kind of no better than anyone else, but I thought he, he stood out in very, very brief moments. But apart from that, the subs that Celtic made were absolutely chronic. I think I'm sort of blinded by the fact that in this game, I was speaking to you before it, when games are like that, when there's, you're not creating a lot, this is where set pieces come into play. Mm. And we scored a set piece <laughs> against Rangers recently. We've scored quite a few from set, not directly, but setting balls and all that sort of thing. Celtic have been quite decent from set plays. But in a game like that, where there's not a lot of quality of chances, you're not creating much. And Rangers, again, on the back of that tough one, make them think, make them mm. lose concentration. These short corners that aren't going anywhere near the box, put it into the area, make them think, make them panic. And we didn't do that. And when we did do that, Carter Vickers gets a chance and should score it. Yeah. Now, there was one where oh, I think it was a short corner played to O'Reilly and he went to pass it back and he just played it out the park. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, this is in the second half where Rangers should be tired and you're not even putting them under pressure. And I think the whole game was summed up by that word Stephen said. Like, intensity. There was no yeah. intensity from Celtic and that was my biggest disappointment because I think, right, go for the jugular here from the start. Get the ball move quickly. Get on the turn. Get at them get our good players on the ball but we didn't seem to do that I think for me as well it's it, it, when you're trying to, so it's all very well and good saying it sits and it comes down to intensity and it comes down to this and that but we're here to speculate about, about, about why <laughs> oh that boy, might, yeah. uh, about why that might be and part of me thinks you know is there something you could have changed tactically if, if your game plan obviously wasn't working so the manager needs to try and come up with a different way to play but I think sometimes we just we suffer from a real lack of an out ball and we brought we brought Koyogo on I think to be that out ball and it seemed when we came out for the second half inexplicably we were worse when we came out in the second half in my opinion we were worse we kept looking for that Koyogo out ball but he just didn't look fit he didn't look that great either and at this at that point you're starting to think Christ we're kind of running out of options here Aye Kyogo as well a lot has been made of his condition and I think that probably solves that mystery for us because yeah. us we've all as a fan base have all been screaming for Kyogo for weeks mm. and we've been disappointed that he's not been playing oh he's been training but no he's only fit enough to play 20 minutes so I think we can probably just accept that the manager sometimes knows better than us how yeah. prepared a player I is for a game I think the problem with the Kyogo thing is and not to jump in I think I was thinking about this as well after the game I'm like so we were teased. The Kyogo thing's been, I think he, I know it's nobody's fault you're getting the fans hit up and excited yeah. about it, right? But we were told Kyogo and, and David, David Turnbull will be back after an international break. And then it was like, oh, is he, there's pictures of him training. And then it's like, oh, he's going to be ready for it. Oh, he's going to be. And then it turns out he's not even fit for this. So why Aye. tease the return of Kyogo at all? See, fans came out midweek and went, oh, maybe, maybe we'll get him on the pitch at Hamden. And then you'd be like, okay, but. Truth, it's all psychological in truth, but truth we were told about three weeks ago that Kyogo was like raring to go and I think well, he's nowhere near it you don't want to show your hand but because it is a psychological thing like if you say oh he's not fit enough to start well Rangers just start preparing not to play Kyogo so <laughs> there is that but when you see him Kyogo he's not one of these guys that picks up the ball skins four players and Aye. scores he's an explosive player where one chance and he'll finish it sometimes he's not in a game but the fact is we didn't create many chances for him and one of his main things is his pressing and all that, but he just didn't look like he'd do it. And well, he's had been injured before and came back like the cup final, but he wasn't out for three months, having had look, hamstring injuries, operations apparently on it. So when you're looking at him going, what does Kyogo bring? And everything he needs is speed, quickness of thought, all that sort of thing. And if you're going to be out for that long, you can't just get it back instantly, especially coming on to a powder keg game like that, where 
chances and quality are few and far between because he doesn't really fashion out his own chances no. Kyogo they're made for him and he is a good finisher and he creates the space by making runs and if he can't do that you're going to struggle and Celtic seem to struggle to create chances they create I can't remember Lundstrom uh, McLaughlin having saves to make when you've seen him start you think oh wait a minute Al McGregor can usually have a good game against us but him and Joe Hart Joe Hart would one or two decent yeah. saves but Lundstrom uh, McLaughlin uh, <laughs> does that again how'd he get in there the names are not even alike no excuses as well by the way because Kyogo fitness and all that stuff he was rubbish when he, he was rubbish, on, right? yeah, and, yeah, he was and rubbish. I know he's not sharp enough and we shouldn't fully judge him on that but then he did come on against St Johnson looked really good played mm. a top class ball over the top for my day to create a goal he was just rubbish when he came on and this, it was the, I think it was maybe the last kick of the 90 minutes he went down the right, he picked up the ball on the right, he just passed it straight into one of Rangers' centre halves and then O'Reilly won it back to win a corner for basically the last kick of the ball in the 90 minutes. It just wasn't very good. He had a really tame header towards, they put out for a goal kick as well. So it just wasn't a... The whole team were on low battery mode. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I think basically that's like that and he was just, he was quite indicative of that and you're looking for, in one of those games, Melly, you're looking for somebody to like, rescue you do you know what I mean there's always like right okay so come on right, right okay so it's not going to be Rogic then you're like right, McGregor and what is that game well, maybe McGregor just playing a wee bit too deep to, to, to have that much influence in the game right Jota well Jota's not at it right can I bad to come up with something no and then you're just sort of ticking off names as you're sitting <laughs> in the stands you're like okay here comes Kyogo nah he's not going to do it right David Turnbull uh, well, not, not him alright and you're like fuck somebody man take this game with the balls and get on it and make something happen. Enter yeah. Jamesy. Enter, oh my <laughs> God, we'll talk about him in a sec. Jeez, oh. uh, I think. <laughs> I, I, in fact, do you know what? I don't want to be unkind about James Forrest when it comes to it, but Caddy, I mean, it's just I felt bad from there. One mention Aye. of his name and I was like, oh Christ. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Aye. I think uh, Celtic sort of, in the second half, I noticed that what Rangers had was John Lundstrom. Mm. Energy all about the pitch and picking the ball up and driving forward. Celtic's two midfielders, Rogic and Hattati, that's not quite their game. While they are really good players, but if they're not on it, you sort of need that box-to-box with a bit of physicality. Mm. And what Celtic tried to do a wee bit was have Hattati sit a wee bit deeper and get McGregor going forward. And again, it's just like Celtic need like free Carl McGregor's yeah. and it's not possible but the guy is so influential back in the number six or if he moves forward a bit Celtic just lacked that person just to get the ball take it forward beat a man but go beyond a man or two and beat beat the press and break through the lines to use all that sort of lingo but we didn't have that and when you're talking about the Celtic got the goal through a quick free kick that was fine and after that goal I thought right see for the next 5-10 minutes go at them and if we get a second goal this game is done but that Cameron Carter-Vickers chance was the sort of game changing one when you look back on it now but it was strange in the stadium when Rangers scored and I mean Stephen listening to the Football Ramble they often talk about this sometimes when you're watching a game you can just feel something turn and when when Celtic scored I thought we're going to win this mm. because I, I couldn't see Rangers fashion enough chances to get two goals against us inside the 90 minutes because I, I thought if it went beyond that Celtic would have more about them but when Rangers scored I was like oh no the only thing that was keeping me, me confident was the fact that we are not giving them they're not creating anything and we're not giving them anything to cling on to mm. once they got that goal that gives them more energy, more belief. And once they got that, it got their crowd going as well. And I think it had this sort of opposite effect on Celtic. It certainly did. It certainly did. Because when they, they scored, we, we all quieting down. And there was that wee section the Green Brigade get. And they, they were going, but the rest of the, the stadium felt, felt quite quiet. And I was... Um, at that point, I just, I just felt, I just felt there was only going to be one winner after they scored the equaliser. But see, see, John, what 
what they say in the football ramble is sometimes you can feel a match changing, the momentum goes and there's literally nothing MD on the pitch can do about it to change it. Mm. Fans and that, you can just see it going and I just had that sinking feeling like, oh no, because I'm looking at the Celtic team and I'm like, only really Callum McGregor's turned up, really, but so you can't have one guy doing that. So I think that's where we as fans come in, though. I think if that happens again for the rest of the season, I think that's where the terms of unwavering support comes in. You can, Even if you do feel it a wee bit yourself, I just think we need to try and you really try our best to get behind the team and give them give give them and fuel them, give them the energy because it really did. The life was sucked out, the Celtic end. And I was just watching random YouTube videos today. Um I said YouTube there, didn't I? I said YouTube. <laughs> On the YouTubes. Yes, I said YouTube, I didn't say it. Uh, I was watching YouTube videos there and actually the highlights of um Liverpool and Istanbul came up. All right. And I was and I was because I was thinking about this thing at the crowd. And see when Gerard scored that first goal, he was right over at the crowd. Every time he was geeing the crowd up saying, like, give us something to work off here. And I sort of felt like not to reference Stephen Gerrard when I'm talking about Celtic, but just that atmosphere, that the, the crowd sucking the ball into the back of the net. And I thought second half we were shooting into the Celtic end, and I thought, right, we're gonna suck the ball into the back of the net here. And it just it just never never came alive. No. For us. See, see on that, but I, I spoke about this a lot at the start of the season, like when Celtic weren't playing well, the games against Dundee United and Livingston at Celtic Park, Celtic didn't give the fans anything to work off. And that's why it felt so flat in the game, because the players on the pitch felt flat. Mm. And see, if you're playing flat the whole game, it's going to feed into the fans. You need to give them something to work towards. Like that After that Carter Vickers chance, Celtic didn't create a single chance that mm. you were going, oh, oh. Yeah. they thought... No, when Celtic or somebody tries to make a pass or have a shot or a save or that we win a corner and the crowd's like, ah, that, that sort of thing where you feel there's a bit something building here. You never felt like Celtic were building anything and that when you say that the fans have got to do something to get the, behind the players, the players have to get the fans well, going I, as well. I, I, know, I know that, I know. I just felt, as I said, it's... I think we all felt it shift, didn't we, in the stadium at that yeah, point? It's well, shite to see it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, shouldn't be admitting like defeat it. slightly, but it, uh, it's... I, I think there's an element as well where I can only speak for myself, but I think there's where everything we've already been talking about. The Even if you're subconsciously thinking about how our Rangers must be shattered, though, they played during the week. Right? Yeah. There must, when, they, when Celtic go 1-0 up, you think, right, brilliant. They they have they can't even make the changes. They must be shattered during the week. This is the longer this goes on, the better it will benefit Celtic because we've been up against it and they know they've not got an answer to us going one 0 up. See when they do score, that's when you're like, well, shit, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't in the script because they're meant to be knackered and we are meant to be. Do in you the think that's seeped here. into the Celtic camp? Ah, ah. And do you think it's a manager's job to protect the players from that sort of? What's the word? It's no lethal. It's no lethargy. Complacency. It's complacency. Do you think a wee bit of complacency setting? I, I, I couldn't possibly speculate on that. I'd like to Go think. <laughs> I'd like to think not. But when you say it's the manager's job, people say that a lot. But it's not as simple as that because mm. you, you are aware of the circumstances you're playing in. You will think, but we're one nil up. Yeah. We're in the ascendancy here. All we need to do is keep going. All we need, and then you lose that goal, and you think, well, I get. We I suppose here? I was more referring to the Rangers have played midweek they're going to be tired stuff on the approach to the game rather than in-game there's not much Ange can do for the sidelines in-game but I meant on the approach do you think do you think we went into that game thinking we've probably already got a wee bit of an edge here because we've beaten them twice before they played midweek we have such a good record at Hamden do you think the Celtic team went in thinking right we, we don't we could probably win this at 90% yeah yeah I think so I think again it's human nature you're, you're only 
you are aware of your circumstances and there's no way that you can possibly say, as much as I'm trying to kind of pour a wee bit of cold water on the idea that it's the difference between the two teams going into the game, there's no way that you can't think that seven days preparation, as Melly put it, is better than having played 120 yeah. minutes during the week. There's no way you can approach a game thinking any other way than it's better to go into a game like that. But it's only since that the game has been played where I've started to question it a bit, thinking, well, really, is it that much of a difference? Really, can you prepare? As long as you've got your active rest in and you've got everybody prepared and all that, does it really matter that mm. they played during the week? So I, I don't know. I can't speak for the players. We, we talk about changing the things uh, in-game. I don't want to fall into the trap of thinking like, right, well, here are the two players that didn't play and therefore they are the difference. We would have won this game had these two players been available. But when you actually think about making proper tactical changes in this Celtic squad, two names spring to mind that it's Yakimakis and Beaton, right? Yeah. As, as much as I've been, you know, I've not really trusted near Beaton over the years, he has come on off the bench and, make, and made differences in recent games. He would have been an option to try and Move McGregor. Yeah, yeah, try and get a hold of that midfield a wee bit because what's happened in the last couple of games is we've been overrunning midfield in, the, in a very similar way to Celtic did to them at Celtic Park. They were able to change that by bringing in Jack and Lundstrom and basically just totally changing the midfield, totally changing the approach. Celtic won at Ibrox, but they didn't really take control of the midfield battle in the same way that they'd done at Celtic Park. We don't have really that many options in midfield to do that. People can talk about Eddie Gucci and all that, but he's played about seventy minutes for Celtic. I don't know what he's like as a player, so I'm not going to I'm not going to invoke that name because yeah. like I don't. I I don't it's ludicrous, really, I, to I, suggest. So you've got guys like Turnbull and O'Reilly and all that, but they're all quite similar. There's yeah. no one to take control of a midfield. Callum McGregor is very good at that, but he was swamped in that game, and I don't really know what it's else he could have done. It's the type of thing you think that's probably what James McCarthy's. I know it's a bit daft. Because he's barely contributed, but yeah. he's that sort of profile, isn't he? Somebody that sits back in that yeah. six. Yeah, I think this is what I was talking about earlier with Lundstrom. He's that sort of guy that is box to box dynamic, but as well when they Lundstrom stayed on the pitch, but they also brought on Arfield. They were the two differences because they made those runs mm. and beyond. Whereas Rogic, Hatati, Turnbull, O'Reilly, possibly, but they're all sort of guys that sit there and create rather than guys that burst into the box. You know, it's like the sort of Petrov, John McGinn roles, yeah, yeah. Celtic. While they have different options up front, like Maeda, Kyogo and Giacomacus are all get different strengths. In midfield, all the players are sort of similar. Whereas I think we have been linked with that Christopher Scott from Bayern Munich. I think that's a sort of different player we need mm. in there because in these games where you've got the players who are all good technically on the ball and that's what I want Celtic to have because when Celtic are at the best is when these guys are playing football but sometimes in these games you need those guys who aren't the best technically but have that drive and that that dynamism like Arfield and Lundstrom had and that was a sort of difference because Arfield isn't a great player but made those runs in at the box when there was tired legs around him and he got the goal it wasn't as if Rangers ripped Celtic apart. It was a ball from their centre-half, a good ball out to the right-hand side and an early cross in and Arfield happened to be there. It's not as if you can say, pick out and go, ah, Celtic, because Kyogo does press Goldson, mm. so it's not as if we weren't pressing it. It was just a good ball out and a ball across by Tavernier that he did mean to put it in an area, but it wasn't as if it was a cracking cross yeah. or anything and it just sort of falls for Rangers. But that was that sort of difference. Celtic's changes... Didn't hinder the team, but didn't make them any better. When I look at that bench... Um, well, we ended up with Welsh and Taylor as full-backs. You're kind of thinking... Well, well, Taylor went off for Welsh. Sorry, uh, Welsh and Ralston. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what really hindered Celtic was 
the two fullbacks. If you've got nine substitutes, you're maybe looking at it and going, right, you, could, you should really have two fullbacks, a right and a left fullback to be able to change it. But as we're Ralston, we just got unlucky that both our fullbacks went off, which meant we had to bring on Welsh as a right back and put Ralston at left back. I mean, that that's patchwork mm. at best. And it sort of hindered Celtic because when they two move into the midfield, they're not comfortable. Ralston's not comfortable on that side. And Welsh is a centre half. There's no other yeah. position for him. And Welsh and uh, Forrest, when they came on, just completely nullified any effect Celtic down had that down that side again. I'm I'm not going to have a well, I'm going to have a go at James Forrest because I fought it and I'm I'm trying to say, am I just uh, thinking this this is the way James Forrest mm. always going to play? But people around me are like, that guy's hiding again. That yeah. guy's hiding and even if he was or he wasn't, he wasn't making himself available. And when it's Stephen Welsh at right back your winger has to be made available yeah. because he's not going to go beyond players so you have to make yourself available and he didn't. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join four other million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and is giving support for fighters, survivors and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. 
James Forrest, Stephen falls into this camp of one of these Celtic players. So I think you'll look back and you'll think, God, that guy, I mean, the amount of stuff he won, the amount of managers James Forrest played under, I was going to say survived it, it was maybe a bit unfair, yeah. but there's a lot of managers come in and liked what they've seen with James Forrest and, and trusted James Forrest to do a job. And it seems like his, I think, aside from everything else, I think James Forrest's career at Celtic is maybe on the, the, the tail end a wee bit. Just given, you know, Forget performances, I'm talking about age and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. as time goes by, his contract, contract yeah. and stuff like that, it's on the end. But he's he's very much becoming a bit part player for Celtic. And those bit parts that he's played this season haven't said to me in any way, shape or form that this guy should be getting a starting place. He's firmly out of the picture now. And, and some of that stuff yesterday, even for their second goal, I mean, Calvin Bassey running twice as fast as James Forrest and Bassey's got the ball at his feet and James Forrest kind of getting near him. Yeah, uh, I'm sure by now everyone will be aware or most people listening or watching this will be aware of the videos I've been doing the rounds mm. on Twitter of him trying and failing to chase Bassey back towards that that cross. He looked desperately slow in yeah. that he is a guy who has made a career of being, I mean he's a talented player as well, but his main attribute has always been explosive speed. Yeah. And in that run, trying to chase back Bassey and I accept that it's probably a difficult game to come into and make a difference with but it took him three seconds to get up to a proper sprinting speed versus yeah. a guy who's already at full pelt and just tearing away from him you, Positionally you, was miles away uh, as well there You see every stage of the James Forrest run <laughs> You mean the eh, uh, eh, uh, neck, uh, arms, shoulders pew. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean And I, I know I've, I've laughed over the years a lot at James Forrest's <laughs> running technique But I, I do actually think it's it's a concern now Because you see every stage of it You go back and watch that video Bassey is already running in James Forrest takes a couple of strides, head goes down, arms come up and Bassey's just tearing away from him the entire time. Every every academy graduate from James Forrest period of time comes out of that academy running weird. Ralston runs funny <laughs> as well. A lot of the Celtic academy graduates. That's that Celtic board. Aye. Hiring bizarre running, helicopter they, running. They, no, they need to sign a running coach. Aye. That's what they need to sign. No, but it's, aye, I, was, I was just like, as you said, he was, Forrest was hiding. I just thought, at no point do I think, right, James Forrest is going to come on and bag as a goal here. Now, it may be unfair because he's already scored at Hamden this year already, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, same one of his yeah. couple of goals he scored. Aye, so, but he's no, I, I think James Forrest's time at Celtic might even end this summer. Well, I, I tread lightly when it comes to James Forrest because I know he's one of these guys who's a very popular player for very obvious reasons. Mm. He's been here a long time and he's contributed a lot to Celtic's huge success, particularly in the, his peak was probably the two or three years that went from Rodgers and overlapped into Lennon mm, and then yeah, yeah. since then in the two years since then he's been struggling with injury and struggling for form as well he hit, he's been on the verge of 100 goals for a long time now I think he got into about the 90s in like 2020 or something like that and I know again injury has has played a huge part in that where he's not he's not really been able to contribute I, I, I'm going to remain consistent on him and I think he's he's declining as a player not only that it's not about how he's finished it's about the team has moved on from him. Yeah. Right. The team has moved on. And I, I came away thinking from the, I was at, at the St. Johnson game, obviously, you and Melly, and I said to, see the guys that didn't play in that team, you'd be crazy to give them new contracts because none of them are getting into that. Mm. Even Celtic get it full flow. They're not going to contribute to anything close to that level of intensity. There I go, say it again. That level of intensity and attacking flair and form. I think James Forrest comes into that camp. I'm not going to use the word finished because that's not really how football works. He's no. only 30 years old. He can still contribute. He can still. He will still pop up with the odd goal here and there. But that's no different to when I said that about Lee Griffiths two years ago. I said, mm. look, he's 
He's on the way out here. Will he get the odd goal? Aye, but that doesn't mean you've got, oh, see, the written off too soon. James Forrest will still be able to come in and play well, but I think he's now, he's got one year left in his deal and at the end of that contract, he'll be 32. I don't really see anything picking really up for him in that meantime. So I've had four years of being kind of a bit part player at Celtic if he gets to the end of that contract. You don't give him another one. No, absolutely. Well, not. that's why I think yeah. his career at Celtic maybe then. Not that he's a bad player, not that no, he's a no, terrible player, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. He's sort of he's came, he's contributed, he's got one year left in his deal, and he might be going like, "There's teams out there that might offer him a three or four year deal oh, at yeah, his age, and, and he would probably rather take that and play games than, than stay at Celtic." Well, Scott Brown got a two year contract at thirty six or whatever he was when he went to Aberdeen. Definitely. So yeah. I, I think there's probably a future for James Forrest. I'm just not sure it's contributing to Angie's team. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think when you look at James Forrest, the way I look at it is right. Okay. If he's going to be at Celtic next season, say one of our wingers get injured, mm. do I see James Forrest coming in and playing 10 games in a row and really contributing for Celtic? You're going to go have to go back seasons before that yeah. happens. Like it plays and he goes out the team, comes in and out. But if you're saying, oh, just keep him there, he's been a good servant. I bet at some point he has to play. And when he is playing, he's not doing enough. He done well against Livingston. That was months ago now, and he's not done anything since. So... James Forrest, you can be a good player for the club, you can be a legend, but your time at the club also comes to an end at some point. Not everybody's going to be Henrik Larsson, who's good for seven seasons and then leaves. Like James Forrest, when you looked at him years ago, think, what are his what are his strengths? And all his strengths are things that start to dissipate with the older mm. he gets. And now he's at that stage, you're looking at it right. He's not going to go and play any other position. The way Ange wants to play is wingers stay wide, get to the byline, get crosses in. James Forrest simply isn't doing that yeah. anymore. And we might be concentrating a lot on a guy who only came on in the second half. But when Senior you're... player though, isn't he? He's yeah, well, that's, that's the reason you talk yeah. about it because we've spent probably spent more time tonight talking about James Forrest than Jota. And yeah, Jota yeah. started the game and James Forrest came on for the last, whatever, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, but Jota... But... But, sorry, but that's why, because of how much history and how much he's contributed in the past to the team. And that's my point. Like Jota has been good. I'm saying Jota... <laughs> Jota has been good and he's contributed a lot to Celtic he would always start if he was available because he can always contribute James Forrest while he's not done that at the same time you're talking about squads you need players to come on in big games to change mm. that and when he came on I was I didn't think he was going to do anything that would scare Rangers he didn't pin the fullback back even Jota put a good ball across to the back post and he wasn't even ready to get in no, on it. I he wasn't even anticipating Abada didn't have a good game, but Abada's in on that, Maeda's in on that at the back post, Kyogo's in on that. Forrest was miles behind play. See, just on Jota, I know we picked up, we, we mentioned him briefly earlier on. We had this conversation on the podcast way back when, maybe it'd be in October time, about who's the, who's the best player on the team. And it was sort of, by the time, like Kyogo or Jota. Is that, who's, who's the best player? But I feel like since he's, he was injured, since he's came back, he's, he's not really contributed to the levels that we saw back when we were having these conversations and honestly if I've only got one six million quid token if, if Dermot oh, gives me the six million quid I'm spending Carter Vickers oh, and I'm not, even, I'm not even thinking about Jota because to be a top level Celtic player to be one of the sort of elite start, you can't just play well for make a name for yourself in the first four months of the season and then think oh, I've done my work here and there was a lot of people on I'd listened to some other podcasts and a few other articles that were writing as if Jota was playing yesterday he was just playing for himself he was hoping mm. to have a good game for himself some highlights for his, his DVD so his agent could send it on the other clubs and I'm thinking that 
if Jota just le- if on current form if he left us at the end of the season I wouldn't be that disappointed I'd, I'd be like right thanks for your contribution but if that's what we get out of you if that's the package you get with Jota if it's four good months and the rest of the season of pretty average wing play then I'm happy to let you go the thing with wingers are that they are inconsistent they can have patchy form but Jota was great for a, a spell but in 2022 he's had the Aberdeen game but St Johnson game was a good then? Well, every, everybody was good then, so yeah. you can say that. But Against Rangers away, was he good then? He, he done his defensive art, he pressed really mm. well, but yeah. what you're looking from Jota, which Celtic need and they needed yeah. it that day, everybody to put in the work, but Jota, you're looking for a bit of magic from him, and we haven't really seen that recently, and when I look at wingers, I'm like, right, your job is to create, and in games like that when Celtic aren't creating... I will say, right, we didn't get the ball to him enough, but when the times we did, he just he didn't do it, did he? Nah. And it's why when there's a clamour at the start of the season when Jota's doing well, just pay the money now. And where guys like, there's a reason he's on loan for the season, because as much as Celtic might have signed Jota the instant he was good, at the same time, this is why it's a season-long loan, because you get to the end of the season and see what's best for both parties. Now, £6 million is a lot of money to pay for a guy. I still think if push game to shove I would go for Jota if he wanted to come maybe when he, if he has a permanent deal and he's settled at Celtic that'll be he'll get back mm. to his football but right now you're looking at it going well 50-50 whether you pay it from now but with Carter Vickers you'll definitely pay it but that's up to Jota to get back on form we know he can be a good mm. player like we know we've seen it from Hitati but we need to see more from him and look, just sorry just when I'm thinking about the good games he's had if you're going to pay six million for a guy, and uh, I still think Celtic should, he's had three games against Rangers now. He's not really done mm-hmm. it, and these are the games where you you pay the big money for players to change the game. Kyogo's had big games. Jackie Marcus has had big games. Jota's not had that one yet. Worth talking about Bobby Madden. <laughs> <laughs> see, see before we do. See before we do. Oh, do you yeah. you're saying Jota? Yeah, yeah, yeah play, but yeah. Definitely park that, <laughs> definitely park that. We'll, we'll keep that engine running, shall we? Aye. We'll jump back into that bus. But uh, here's why Jota is different to Cameron Carter-Vickers, in my opinion, mm. aside from the obvious different positions and all that, but, the, but that's mainly my point. I think Carter-Vickers has been so good and so suitable to this team that I think it's it's not even a debate. See if it's between the two, if that those are the parameters of the debate between the two, it's not a contest. Mm-hmm. You go I would for. sign him mate, after that miss. Shocking. Ah, yeah, it is absolute <laughs> fraud. Ah, it, it was like Edward when he missed the Ibrox. He meant to miss that. I um, checked it. <laughs> so, in my opinion, the centre halves like that who are going to be suited to how Celtic... I mean, I don't really care about the system. He's been such a good defender and he's but, popped up. He's been so good this season. I don't really care about stuff like that. Centre halves to me are uh, more of a premium than wingers mm. would be in Europe. Could you sign a guy like Carter Vickers who, with Starfield and maybe the addition of one more, let's let's maybe even get somebody on loan for next season? I don't I don't know yet. Could form the centre half pa- partnership for several years to come with Starfield, right? But can you just go to a Benfica, a Bayern Munich, a Man City, and get another winger like that on loan for next season who would probably contribute something similar? I think that's more likely than finding a centre-half that would play the yeah. way Cameron Cup. Again, based on nothing at all, based on just my opinion, I think you would be able to find creative players out there yeah. who would who would turn this kind of performance in. And the, what we would do if we get rid of, or we can't sign Cameron Carter-Vickers, is what we talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We'd end up scouring European leagues, trying to pick something up for like £800,000 yeah. or something like that, taking gambles on guys like 
Yeah, I mean, plus we just love Carter Vickers, don't yeah, we? Yeah, there this is that. podcast we do love him. Yeah, I think so. You sing Cameron Carter Vickers, the Jota thing is is up for debate for me. Um, but I, th- I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I think he had a bad game. I think he's been really good this mm. season. But it, it was weird that he was starting to remind me of his hero a wee bit uh, on Sunday. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh. Kind of going a wee bit huffy, taking things a wee bit too like too personally, taking things on too much, taking players on, smashing it off shins, taking wild shots for everywhere, yeah. taking free kicks wildly over the bar and all that. So yeah, well, not not great. Well, well, did, did, was that a first free kick he hit? By the way, uh, I, think, I, I can't remember. He doesn't he take them regularly? Does it? No, I think Juranovic was off the pitch at the time. Oh, right? was yeah. it? Uh-huh. But I think with with Jota, Forrest, Abada, Maeda. All played out wide, and none of them, none of them got mm-hmm. in the game. None of them played played well. So you can go right. Jota had a bad game individually, but when four players play in two positions and none of them look good, it's not fully down to the individuals. But with Jota as well, I still think I'd sign him if Celtic win the league, get the Champions League money. We know Jota's done well. He's contributed a lot. He's just going through a wee bad stage now. But if you don't get Jota. That means we need to go into the summer and sign a Jota replacement. But I also think we need another wide player. So to mm. go out and find two good wingers this summer would be very difficult. I, I did think it would be a total order beating Rangers, what, four times? How many times did we play? Four times in a month well, or that, so? Yeah. Like, my mate, sorry, John, my mate texted me before the game and just said, look, can this season be that, this perfect? Can mm. we beat them and then beat them in the league and win the league? And when the teams are so close, like, really, do you win all the... Derby games so and if you're going to lose one the teams are quite even that would have been us in a treble and we did say although last week we're like we're on the verge of treble we jokingly said look you don't just you don't just turn up and win trebles your one first does goal. not simply the, the, one does not simply walk we've, into we've been kind of spoiled recently because it's either treble or nothing for Celtic yeah. and four trebles in a row and it kind of becomes the norm but this is why trebles are difficult to win mm. like, just Cel- Rangers. Uh, <laughs> well, they're very difficult for them uh, Celtic are a uh, have been playing so well and then had a bad season last year and then we get this manager that comes in massive rebuild but yet we're on the verge of a treble mm. before the weekend you're like oh imagine we do it but what I was thinking of trying to console myself today was like see if Celtic went out and won a treble maybe guys like Jota and Carter Vickers go ah, do you know what I've done it here right. what, what well, else is there for me to do whereas at the end of the game no matter how disappointed you are, Stephen, you said, look, if we lose, it's not the end of the world. As long as we yeah. get the league over the line, it was bitterly disappointing yesterday. Celtic played poorly and could have played so much better, but we've seen them play better. And I was a wee bit encouraged by it at the end of the game. Carl McGregor got every day in a huddle and I'm, I'm guessing he said, look, they're celebrating. We can't let this happen again. We have to do better than this. Sometimes you need a wake-up call like we get in Europe, Stephen, but Celtic aren't used to getting these wake-up calls because we've been so dominant recently. Celtic are winning the league we usually win a treble mm. well we might win the league and not win the treble it doesn't mean it's a bad season Celtic had a bad game but we know we can play better and sometimes you need these wake up calls to go do you know what maybe we aren't quite where we think we are yet and I think to more of an extent Rangers aren't as bad as we think we yeah. are so I well, think that's, it's that's just really a the only positive you can probably take overall for the game um, you did kind of sum the game up so I just want to wind the clock back a wee bit um, I wanted to get all this out before we tear into Madden before we tear into Bobby Madden Stephen Bobby Madden uh, celebrity ref yeah. uh, shoe polish with took, the old beard took the beard yeah uh, Just Hol- would you call him Hollywood Hogan <laughs> yeah Mason Ramon <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, he took to Instagram uh, Jesus a mere, mere hours he couldn't have even showered and dried off by the time he'd taken to Instagram to tell everyone to have a happy Easter having a game Conspiracy theories, whatever conspiracy theory you want to have about referees in this country, 
you don't even need one. The incompetence for these match officials week in, week out is just mind boggling sometimes. You don't there's no need to talk about conspiracies, there's no need to talk about, you know, people on Twitter talking about match fixing and all that. All these things might be true, we'll never know, right? We'll never know. But we don't have to indulge in them to have a serious debate about how awful the the, the, the referee was. Some of these and I've said it before, a couple of things happen with refereeing decisions, right? The referee looks at it. And, and makes a mistake you can think right it hit off him before it went out or that was a foul when it wasn't he was badly positioned right but see when the the, the, the errors happen where you're watching the ref he plainly sees it but then either does nothing or makes a decision that's contrary to the reality that you've just witnessed <laughs> yeah. you're thinking what did you see there and there was so many of those with Bobby Madden you're thinking what went on and the, the thing about the bookings I find what constitutes a booking in Bobby Madden's book is mystifying to me because we left that game and we, we were talking about it jokingly John Lundstrom didn't get booked it was people were talking about it on Scottish football podcasts it was in the paper we put a tweet out earlier saying by the way a lot of people seem to think Lundstrom got booked he didn't and the amount of people tweeting us going I read it and such and such such and such he never get booked no. it, it was bizarre 100 minutes he played and didn't get booked but everyone based on how he played assumes he he got booked yeah. because he committed so many fouls and again is uh, Sir Greg's um, <laughs> <laughs> But to, to talk about the referee under these circumstances but in fairness to us we've been fairly consistent even when we're winning we complain yep. about the referee so it's it's only right that we do it here just now because it was an incredible performance from Madden now I want to establish just now that Celtic didn't deserve to win no. that game right no. they weren't good they just didn't put in a, a good performance however the referee is still an important part of these games and he was Erratic is putting it very, very gently because there were some ex there were some decisions made in that game that can't be explained. That's what I there was a, I mean. a video doing the rounds again. I keep referring to Twitter videos, but it's because they're so widespread and yeah. like, people are, are really good at bringing context to things that you might have missed during the game. But there, there was one where a, a very, a free, the free kick yeah, calls free it kick, back for a foul. A something? very gentle foul was committed. I think the free kick was given to Celtic. Celtic play it long and he brings it back and then gives the ball to Rangers or something it. like that. So I, that can't be explained. I, I don't know. It was like, was it him that did that weird drop ball thing at yeah. Celtic Park? Yeah, they done one in the game. There was a drop ball on the edge of the box because I think Rangers had a player injured. Celtic yeah. had the ball and yeah. he done a drop ball that Rangers got. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but and drop balls aren't contested anymore, so no. it's basically just getting the ball to Rangers. <laughs> and see, see all the, the journalists, and I've heard a few of some of the ones you've mentioned as well. I think Graham Spears had a had a podcast out yeah. after the game, and they were speak, they were talking about the referee, and they were saying, ah, well, aye, the referee he didn't have a great game, but you know mm. it was fine, but. See, if you're looking at that game and a lot of people have admitted or really revealed in the course of these analyses that, yeah, Lundstrom, yeah, he, he might have got a booking and he might have, you know, he might have deserved a second one. But apart from that, if you're, if that is included in your analysis of the game, then everything you say about it is fundamentally wrong because yeah. you are confirming that you think Lundstrom should have been sent off in that game if you think he was booked and maybe deserved another one because that booking didn't come. <laughs> what you're talking about is yeah. two clear yellow cards and through the course of a game. And he was the man of the match. So the, the idea that, ah, you know, he could have got a second yellow card. See, but and the notion that a referee has no material impact the game is nonsense, right? It didn't make a difference to the outcome. Now, we all accept that in the name of sportsmanship. But 
if you're saying the referee's performance had no out there, you don't know that. Yeah, yeah. You don't know had Joe Rebo because on on it was Steve McGowan on uh, Graham Spears' podcast. Look, I like Steve McGowan, Stephen. I like you. I don't know if you listen to this or if you watch, but Stephen McGowan said, "I don't think for a minute the referee's uh, performance had an outcome on the game." He goes, "I a Rebo maybe should have been sent off, and yes, Lundstrom should have probably got a second yellow, and there was that bizarre free kick at the edge of the Celtic box that Aaron Ramsey got a shot off from. Those are three game changing things. <laughs> a Rebo getting sent off, Lundstrom getting sent off, yeah. and if Aaron Ramsey scores that free kick that they should never have got at the edge of the box that's three game changing moments that contrary to what you said to begin with would have had a material effect on the outcome of the game see the the one that I just can't get my head around is that when Celtic get awarded the free kick play it quickly out wide and Jota gets the ball it's free on free there so Celtic have got a chance to go and equalise there late in the game he brings it back and you're like why are you bringing that back for a start? Is it because you think Rangers aren't ready? Mm -hmm. That's not your job. (laughs) Rangers' job is to be ready, not for you to get them ready. Because that one, I can go on about, should have been sent off in that, but that one is late in the game. Rangers got their goal by getting the ball out wide quickly and getting it in the box. If Celtic had the opportunity to do that, you don't know what would have happened there. So I need you to explain why you brought that back because there's nothing in the rule books. The ball wasn't rolling. Rangers players weren't in the way. The only thing that was happening there was Rangers weren't ready. That's that's not a referee's job to get a team ready. I'm convinced Bobby Madden just wants to be one of the boys. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm being fair. I don't think there's any. There's all these wild conspiracy theories about Bobby Madden and you know ex Rangers. I think people people said to me that he used to have a, a season ticket at Ibrox, but I thought that was the other one. I thought was that not John Beaton? That's just supposed- like Craig Beatty's Rangers tattoo from, <laughs> yeah, from I, I, when he was about twelve. The point I'm making is, see, all these other conspiracy theories aside. I think Bobby Madden just wants to be one of the boys. He yeah. just wants to be a footballer. He just wants to be liked. Oh, just want to be loved. Yeah, he it, doesn't want to get slagged in open goal. He, he doesn't want to get with the boys. Uh, he, so he just lets so much go that should never be let go in a million years. Now, there's a clip doing the rounds. All the Rangers uh, accounts are retweeting the one where John Lundstrom goes through McGregor. A couple of things there. McGregor wins the ball. Aye. Uh, John Lundstrom didn't go through. McGregor just leapt over Lundstrom to get out of the way of his wild challenge. But it's the front of the referee and he studs her up and he goes through the ball. It's a booking. Yeah. It's like captured. Do you not think so? I don't know. I think it's two players going in a 50-50. There, there was it's not two players going in a 50-50. Lundstrom, Lundstrom leaves the ground to win the ball like this and McGregor's still on his feet. But what I'm saying is it's it's a foul, it's a booking and it's the thing that Rangers fans are celebrating and really they didn't win the ball anyway. No, they didn't, they didn't win the ball so they come away with the ball. If you're just looking at a hard tackle, you're taking away all the context. With mm. the, I think they'll just want it to be their Jozo on Kenny Aye, Miller, they aren't they? Yeah. And Aye, that's it enough. But I'd, I'd, I'd take a lot of umbrage with a lot of Bobby Mann done, but with that one, I can't really see it. Maybe his foot was off the ground, but it's not a big deal for me. It was a rest day. I'm just like, what are you doing? And I think there is something in what you say, like, it seems to be the kind of liked players in Rangers team are the ones that don't get booked yeah. for me. So, but look, Celtic should have done better. He's but on this, but he's the thing is, he's on this circuit as as he's, as you say, does the podcast and he's on Instagram and he's pals all the football. Try come on, Bobby. He'll be, he'll be, he will be, he'll be doing the rounds once he's retired. Uh, but this is the thing, and then the social media. We've called him the celebrity ref long before this game. This game took place. And I, I, I honestly think that's what it is. He wants to be one of the boys. He wants to be liked. He wants to be the most popular ref amongst all the players and all that. And by doing that. He just has to let things go that should never be let go in a game. See, a, a lot of the bookings in that game, I think, were arbitrary. Mm. I think like if there was a point, a period in the t- in the game where there was a lot of tackles going in, a lot of questionable tackles, a lot, I mean, a lot of debatable ones, just mm. hard tackles. I think you can you can see Bobby Madden doing the calculations where you think, wait, 
I'm going to need to book somebody at some point here. Can I book everybody? So mm. I'll need to pick the right one mm. to really get get a hold of this game and really stamp my authority over it. But then he just sort of did nothing and then just started booking players almost at random. So there was no... I, do you know what? I've, I've always thought about this this about football anyway a lot of bookings are just sort of made up based on the referee's whim anyway because you see a lot of the same things happening yeah. in games mm. and, and the word everyone uses is inconsistency so that happens kind of across the board but in that game in particular I think he just started handing them, handing them out willy-nilly to players that he thought right well this is a good time to do it because people won't lose their ag with me this is one maybe a, a good time to do it because mm. it's not really getting out of control well, because he's and that's I think what you're saying maybe me and you're saying the same thing just saying it in different ways he wants to referee the game the players want the, the way the game refed yeah, so he yeah, just yeah. wants to let the the game flow in favour of the players he's like right now's a good time but all book him oh John he's in his head going well John Lundstrom's a physical player that's the way John that's the way Big John I know Big John that's the way he likes to play the game I don't want to book him because then he'll know because then if he goes in the tunnel what you book me for that that means I can't play the way I always play you know it's I think I think that there I is I hope I made sense here I said a lot of words <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to get my thoughts on but what I meant earlier is I think he, he books players because he thinks Oh, I, won't, I can book him because I probably won't need to send him off. That's why I didn't look, book Lundstrom because yeah. he thought, oh, I might need to give him another one later, so I'll let him have another mm. one. It's something we've. Like, Celtic were terrible. We what was the McGregor booking for again? I've completely forgotten, but as I look at my notes, I see he's booked. Yeah, he, I think it was for a trip on somebody, but was there was. What, Did they complain roof? about something as well? Uh, there was roof and not, there was a lot of trips breaking up Celtic's play, but this is the thing we've spoken about all season, not just when we play Rangers, other teams. It's not the fact that you don't book a player it's just a fact you book him so late on that he's been able, been able to have an effect yeah. on the game whereas if you had booked him for the first foul which was a booking he wouldn't have been able to do the next two or three and that's the big problem I have with it and just I'm not saying that there's like Italian style referee cheating going on but it's always <laughs> worth mentioning that I always feel it's worth mentioning this right the time refereeing scandal the way they did it wasn't by immediately going out and sending the star player off within five minutes for nothing it was for turning a blind eye to 50-50s and all the wee incremental where, where it could could go, oh, I could book him and I couldn't. They wouldn't. It was it was that sort of cheating that went it took place. But one thing I find remarkable in this country is even if that did take place, we would never find out because the minute someone goes, that referee, the horror show, you, you wonder what he's thinking. Journalists have thrown them catching bullets and knives going, <laughs> you can't, what you, you, what you suggest and the referees are incompetent. Well, don't, don't want to hear it. That's exactly what I thought when you said about Stephen McGowan uh, saying, oh, it's not about the referee. I think that's basically just a reflex that yeah. people have mm. to, to make sure that they don't become the headline. If some journalist or whoever or pundit comes out and says that the referee was the difference in that game, you'll be absolutely pilloried for it because yeah. you're not allowed to say it in this country. And that'll be a massive like, nationwide scandal if someone has the audacity to say that a referee had a bad game. Are you worried about the league after that result? Uh, I, I, I did come away from that thinking the, the Ross County game away on th this weekend coming yep. is, is massive now. Absolutely massive now. I think I just want to get the league over with as soon as, as it's possible to get this, this sealed. I, get, I said last week that I wouldn't think it was the end of the world if we lose that game as long as we go on to win the league. But that's without the context of the game having been mm -hmm. played. And I think that there's a definite psychological advantage to having gone out and just yeah well this stuff we're talking about the so-called tiredness and all that and just went out and looked at the, the fitter stronger more hungry team there's definite definite psychological advantages that come with that so I'm really really hope that Celtic can go out and blow Ross County away because I think a win going into the game against them is absolutely crucial I do not want to go into that game on anything other than a, a pretty sturdy win Melly. Yeah, I have to stay consistent. I said recently, I think if Celtic lost this game, I still think we have enough to go into this. And yeah. I stick by that. I think two teams are 
quite close are both decent teams Rangers just got the better of Celtic Celtic got the better of Rangers recently at Ibrox there wasn't much in the two games so I think Celtic can go out there and look it's not as if we're looking at Celtic going oh, we played bad there then the game before that Celtic came in off the back of their best performance of the season against St Johnston absolutely blew them away coming into this shouldn't have really had any excuses just didn't play well on the day so I think as I said, sometimes you need a wee wake-up call to go, here, we're not quite where we think we are sometimes. Maybe the fans need it more than mm. the players because I don't think Ange would allow the players to get all that. But sometimes as fans, we need a wake-up call. We just need to go out there and go again. Five games to win the league. If Celtic come out this season with a league and a league cup in this season, that's a phenomenal achievement. And so I do know- we need three? We need to win three of our next five games to secure the league, basically? Yeah. Pretty much. Well, we, we play Rangers within that, so it yeah. kind of seals it then. But... Celtic have got the chance to go nine points clear before Rangers play at the weekend. I think they're at home to Hearts, aren't they? And oh, yeah. But Hearts have got something to play for now that they've mm-hmm. got a cup final against Rangers, so they won't want to go out and get blown out of the water. Probably will because of the Hearts. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Celtic, look, it's all down to Celtic. If Celtic mm. can go out and play like they did against Johnston, they should be good enough to beat Ross County, Rangers, Hearts, Dundee United and Motherwell. But just need to go out and do it. We're a good enough team. We've got the players to do it. Time to, time to shine because even if you look back at the end of the season and go a league and a cup that's a very good mm. season from where we've come from it's just you can you can be happy with that but you can still be very disappointed oh, with yeah. the individual performance in that game as I, well I mean I'll, I'll be lying if I said this didn't colour my expectations a wee bit about how the league's going to go I, I thought you know it was signed, sealed and delivered when we beat Rangers at Ibrox now I'm thinking, I just so I think I'm one of those fans you were talking about Melee. I just needed to be reality check because Dingwall's super important we've already struggled there this season and I think just, I th- do you know what, Stephen? I would just feel a lot better if we just beat Ross County handily and go, and go <laughs> yeah. back to winning ways. Because we have horlicks it up there mm. in the past. So yeah, I'm just, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous, right? But it has just put things in a wee bit of kind of stark reality. As a reality check, as as we've as we've been talking about, it's it is just a we we do get carried away as fans, and you know, I think a lot of people are still in there. Oh, everybody's just incompetent. Rangers are like hopeless. See if there's if there's a bit of truth in that and. Really, Rangers are on the way back down from last season. Some of their better players are probably leaving this season um, at the end of this season. And Celtic are on the way up. Both of those things can be true, but we've probably kind of met somewhere in the middle. Yeah, just yeah. at this moment in time, there's no really anything between the two teams. And I think we've just come a cropper in a game between two quite closely matched teams. Because I've seen a lot of the, and it's only natural, it's again, we're all football fans at the end of the day. So the, the scattergun comes out after these games. Mm. But what I would say is, there is a wee bit of perspective needed on these things. One loss in, what, 35 Aye, domestic we're games? We're at the end of a months-long unbeaten domestic run there. September? Yeah, se- se- September. I think we need to kind of gather ourselves a wee bit. Now, I, I hasten to add that saying that, oh, you would have accepted this at the start of the season, that's mm. not how it works, right? Yeah. That, that Yes, I would have, but what I said six months ago doesn't count when you're in a semi-final and you lose it, right? Yeah. So I'm allowed to be disappointed with that even if I wasn't expecting it Oh, you're not, ago. mate, because see if you go on social media and go, that, that game was garbage. You're <laughs> you're drowning and people going, yeah. oh, for God's sake, have a bit of perspective. And just came in, I mate, we know we know that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's no, you don't arrive at the beginning of the season and then just see what happens at the end of the season and the middle bit doesn't yeah. count. Read the Wikipedia page. And yeah. yeah. Right, I accept all that. Having said that, though, I think like one result and it's a big one. It was bad, mm. right? It was a bad performance. It's a cup semi-final. Yes, you want to win it? It, was a, it was a bad performance. I hated watching it, to be honest. I thought Celtic were pretty garbage and we've been over the reasons why we think that. But one one result 
and everyone's like, oh, this is a it's a it's a catastrophic failure of management. It's it's a you know a, a strategic disaster. From all these top players to, top aren't Angie's players again. Yeah, I, I, there's all of that. Oh, the system's broken. We need the players to suit Angie's system. Yada yada. Look, we just lost a game, man. Like, yeah. That that's all it boils down to. It was a close game. It was a bad game, and we lost it. The, even if you take the cups, right, or just the Scottish Cup, right? See, this is back of a fag pack, fag, back of the fag bracket mm. uh, <laughs> stats here. See that the, the unfortunate thing about us being video on, I would have cut that out and made it really smooth. <laughs> just, just basically off the top of the head here, in the Scottish Cup, sandwiched between two defeats to Rangers over five or six years, so taking the Warburton catastrophe mm. right up to now, so all the games in between those. I think Celtic have played 25 games in the Scottish Cup, which is ridiculous for that period of time. Anyway, won 24 of them, lost one, mm. right? which was last season when Rangers put us out. I think scored scored 72 goals, conceded 12, and one quarter of those goals was to Patrick Thistle <laughs> uh, over the course of, of many years. And it's just, we've come to the end of that ridiculously sustained Mm. success that Celtic have had we're on the way back up again but it's just a bump in the road so all this all the, it's the board it's this it's, it was just a game Look, Bayern Munich went out of the Champions League to Villarreal last yeah. week mm. is that a catastrophic failure from the top of that club to the very bottom or was it just a bad result and bad performance Man City were what were they 3-0 down to Liverpool time. is that just they don't know how to run a football club that Man mm. City it's, it's exhausting right? It, I'm as disappointed as anyone don't like losing to Rangers ever but Again, just a, a we, you don't have to be happy with it, but let's no caterwaul about mm. it to be perfectly honest. I think we're all, we're all right. Yeah. Caterwaul? <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, the games need to be played on the pitch, don't they? You can say they should be tired, they should be this, they mm. should be that, we should do this, but at the end of the day, game's got to be played, you've got to go out and win it. But Jamie, that was quite impressive stats for just off the top of the head, being able to rhyme off all uh, the goals. I know, unbelievable. <laughs> can, you, can you see I'm reading these? <laughs> I'll, I'll put it down there. If it's obvious. Just off the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> well I think it was <laughs> right, well, there we go outed look we were pish <laughs> and that's the bottom line right and we're allowed to be pish but we've still got faith that we're going to wrap up this league five games to go we will be there we'll be covering it all we'll be covering it from beginning to end no matter what happens uh, I didn't plug Patreon today but you all know that already patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims it's not just if you want extra content extra videos fantastic writing fantastic podcasts and more of us it's if you're watching this flagship and you think you know what I like those three guys I like what they're doing I want to help support it patreon.com even if you just like two of us even if you just like two of us <laughs> or, or one of us or none of us uh, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims is where you can support the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and commenting and all that good stuff. Goodbye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.